0: This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Welcome back. Afternoons on News Talk 770, our final half hour here today. Unless more time for your calls or your text, same number now. As of today, 403-974-TALK. That's 974-8255. Angela Cocott in Calgary today uh, comes your way after the 3 o'clock news. So a lot of people watching for today, to see what it is the education minister is going to do about these two Christian schools uh, just outside of Edmonton. It is the Independent Baptist Christian Education Society. Pastor Coldwell, who uh, operates these two schools and I believe both are K to 12. Pastor Coldwell had made it known almost daring the minister to respond that he wanted no part uh, of the legislation that was bill 10 wants well, nothing to do with the guidelines that the education minister laid out for schools to set policies around uh, gender issues, bathrooms, et cetera. But the pastor said this just doesn't fit with what we're doing at our school. So what was the education minister going to do about it? Was he going to cave? Was he going to impose this on the school? Uh, well, today David Egan responded. Joining us to talk a bit more about what the education minister had to say, where this all goes from here. Very pleased to welcome to the program, Kendra Slagowski with Global News in Edmonton. Uh, Kendra, thanks for joining us here. Good afternoon. All right. So David Egan just spoke uh, a short time ago. Is that right?
1: Yeah, not too long ago, actually. And we asked him, what did that letter say that was delivered by the, uh, the private schools? And, and he said, and he wouldn't give the details, but he basically said they did not change their position. Uh, and we heard comments, you've been talking about things that have been said earlier in the media regarding um, GSAs and that sort of thing. So, yeah, the school's not willing to budge.
0: Well, yeah, the school's made it pretty clear they're not willing to budge. So what is the education minister going to do? I guess what we learned today is that he wants to basically investigate the schools now. Is that right?
1: Yeah, he's, he's calling it a, a third-party uh, inquiry. So we don't know who's going to head that up yet. He said he should name somebody uh, by the end of today or tomorrow. So uh, he said it will probably take a couple of weeks. Um, and he's going to look at all the procedures, all the information. Um, and he, he said this is a serious matter. And we asked him, you know, what are you expecting to find That you don't already know, but he called this due process uh, and he said at the end of the day, if he's not happy, there are some options that are available to him under the school act. And that could mean pulling funding, uh, deregistration, that sort of thing.
0: So who's going to be doing this investigation? Do we know?
1: We don't know yet, so we should have that answer by the end of today or tomorrow. Uh, He said it's independent, it's third party, uh, but he he has a list of names that he can call upon. uh, So we are waiting to find out exactly who will be heading that up.
0: And in terms of what could come of all of this, uh, was he speculating at all on what he might have at his disposal if he believes that that, um, he needs to to deal with the school?
1: Well, we asked him, you know, could this end up in court? And obviously before it gets to that, he wants to look for a resolution. So, uh, but he did, as I mentioned, talk about those options. Uh, this school or these schools, uh, the majority of its funding comes from the province. So he can pull that funding uh he can pull the license if he wishes but at this point he said he wants to sit down and and work with the schools and look at the processes that are in place
0: well and and when we've talked to the minister before and we've asked him about this as well that what about these religious schools because he's he's conceded the point that maybe not every policy in every school and school board is going to look exactly the same but yet they still have they all have the same obligations at the end of the day that they have to live up to. So mm-hmm. he seems to be hinting that maybe he can work with religious schools, or even this one in particular, but he, he still seems vague on how much leeway he's going to give them. Do we get any more clarity on that here today?
1: Yeah, he, he he has been vague, and he said during this inquiry, the person who is looking into this will have access to, to all their paperwork and be able to uh, I, I guess delve a little deeper, but uh, moments ago, I was speaking with Dr. Christopher Wells, and, and he's um, spoken at great length. He's from the University of Alberta about the importance of this legislation. I mean, this is the law. It is the law you must, as a school board, provide access to a, a GSA, a, a Gay-Straight Alliance, if students ask for it. So he called this a procedural matter following the school act, doing this inquiry, this so you know investigation, but he also said this just points to the fact that we need one policy we need the minister to to come out and make changes to the school acts so there is one standard policy and each school board it's not up to them to make their own rules and he he said it's frustrating uh to to have a school board violating the law and the action can't be quicker, but he understands the process, and uh, it's a process the minister must follow.
0: In the meantime, this is one school, or I guess two schools, one organization, that has taken a public stand. There's still the matter of other religious schools that maybe have gone about this a little more quietly. So we, right. don't, we don't know where we're at. We don't the know scale. because
1: we haven't been able to see the policies. Uh, so we don't know if there are other uh, boards or districts that are doing the same thing, refusing to allow this. So um, I guess time will tell.
0: Indeed it will. Kendra, appreciate the update here today. Thanks for this. Yeah, no problem. All right, take care. Kendra Soglosky with uh, Global News in Edmonton. Uh, so it was just about half an hour ago that David Egan uh, spoke with the media. But not a lot to say, really, other than, okay, we're going to get a third party now to investigate this. Now, the news release they put out, as a quote from David Egan. it says, On September 16th, I received a letter from the Independent Baptist Christian Education Society's legal counsel. However, I am not satisfied the resp- with the response And I'm therefore moving forward with an inquiry into the school authority as per Section 41 of the School Act. This inquiry will be conducted by a third party and will be completed within four to eight weeks. So we don't know exactly what was in the letter. We don't know exactly or precisely what David Egan was unsatisfied with. Now, we'd reached out hoping to get David Egan on the program today. We were told he he wasn't available, but would be making this statement at around 2 o'clock. So was he going to pull funding from this school? Is it going to force them to bring in these guidelines as he expects other schools to? People are texting to say, well, what about other religious schools? What about uh, Islamic or Jewish schools even that exist in Alberta? How far is the Alberta government going to go in ensuring that all of these schools have policies that are where the minister thinks they need to be? And how much of a showdown is he prepared for? Now, these schools aren't exempt from the human rights legislation that applies to schools. And these are also schools that are receiving public funding. So they're within his jurisdiction. But what is he prepared to do? And does he really want to pick a fight with these schools and turn this into to a huge controversy? But do these schools want to fight as well? What is Pastor Coldwell trying to accomplish? We reached out to him as well. We'll take a break, and we'll come back. Your thoughts on this standoff and and how to resolve this, 974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Welcome back, 974-8255. Well, I I don't know where to come down on this one because I don't know what the school came back with. I don't know what was in that letter. And I also don't know how far the education minister is prepared to let religious schools go when it comes to uh, designing their guidelines. Because remember, we asked the minister flat out when he first uh, announced these guidelines, why are you giving schools the opportunity to design their own policies? Why don't you just tell the schools what the policy is? And he was pretty clear, I don't want a one-size-fits-all policy. That there's some expectation that schools need to live up to, but they should have the opportunity to design their own policies. So obviously then inherent in that approach is some leeway that the policies are not all going to look the same. Now, we had uh, Christopher Wells on recently from the University of Alberta, and he had done a report for, I forget the name of the organization now. Flips my mind, but it's neither here nor there. He'd uh, seen some of the policies and was grading them. I think it was Red Deer Public, for example, got an A+, as far as he was concerned on their policy. The uh, St. Albert School District initially got an F. I think they changed that to a D or something like that. Now, that's Christopher Wells' own interpretation. I mean, maybe you'd take the opposite approach. Maybe you'd give Red Deer an F and St. Albert Catholic an A+, depending on what you want schools to do. My point is that those policies then obviously differ. And for someone like Chris Wells, he's going to say, that policy is fantastic, that one's not great. But obviously the minister is prepared to live with that. So what does he expect then of these schools? Now, what is he going to do in response? I don't think he can shut them down. And, I mean, parents are sending their kids there for a reason. Right? It's pretty clear what you're getting with this school. These are explicitly evangelical, private religious schools. Right? There's no doubt what they represent. Now, someone texted to say, this is all silly, of the schools, because no student attending such a religious school is going to want a GSA in the first place. Yeah, maybe, right? And so maybe these schools are making a mountain out of a a molehill because really nothing's going to change. It is possible, I suppose, that evangelical parents might send their child to one of these schools. Maybe that child is gay. Maybe the parents know that, or maybe they don't. then the end result is that you have a gay child at this, this school. Now, no one's telling the school you have to change what you teach. But I guess what the minister is suggesting is that if students at that school who know the child's gay, maybe feel as though the child's feeling isolated, or maybe even the child's being bullied by others, for those kids to start a GSA as a way of saying, you know what, we don't hate this kid. I don't think this kid deserves to be bullied. We believe God commands us to love one and all, and we just want to stand by this student. I mean, the question then on on Pastor Coldwell is, why would that represent a threat to anything that that his school represents? I'd, I'd certainly like to hear from him. As I said, we've reached out to him as well. They're not commenting. And it was a lawyer that drafted this letter. So it wasn't the pastor who even wrote the letter to the minister in the first place. Uh, let's see some of the text coming in here. It says if a facility wants or expects public funds, they must be 100% in line with public policy and a discussion. If they want an exemption from the rules, then they have voluntarily opted out of public funding. On the other side of it, though, this one says, I'm with the pastor here. All this politicized gender identity crap is an anathema to religious schools. I'm not the least bit religious, but I'm fed up with the government trying to ram theirs or someone else's PC agenda down everyone's throats. I assume PC in that text stands for politically correct, but let's keep in mind here that it was the PCs, progressive conservatives, who passed Bill 10 in the first place. So this is implementing legislation that was not passed by the New Democrats. Anyway, let's take another quick break here. We'll come back and uh, wind things down on a Monday afternoon. Uh, We can get some of your calls and your texts uh, on this issue. A lot we've talked about here today. 403-974-8255. We're back after this. All right, welcome back. Some more texts. This one says, ah, so the NDS could have just revoked Bill 10 and blamed the PCs. Maybe. (laughs) I think the NDP supported it as well. That is the second version of it, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, another one here says, uh, how does a law about GSAs make kids safer or better? Why not insist on tolerance and non-bullying? Well, yeah, okay. I mean, that's what they're trying to do here. Does this, That seems like a better objective. Legislating GSAs seems like demanding uh, blue play in all classrooms. Well, not really the same thing. The point is that if these kids are saying, look, we, we want to support this student, that we think is being bullied and we want to send a message that, look, that's okay. That, that child shouldn't be ashamed of who she or, he or she is. And we're just showing support for them if That's what it's all about. Then by saying, well, you can't acknowledge that word that that person is. You're kind of reinforcing then that there's something wrong with that child, something to be ashamed of. Which is kind of the problem. Right, so that's where it gets problematic. Uh, let's see, uh, 777, I almost gave the wrong number. It's a new number today, 403-974-8255, which really is kind of the old number. But that's the new text number. So another text here says, uh, are Muslim schools okay with the Gay-Straight Alliance? Well, people keep asking that, and we've not heard otherwise. again there are all all kinds of religious schools all across alberta we don't know what their policies are we don't know what they've submitted to the minister the minister hasn't told us which schools have fallen short with his guidelines he's going to have to at some point so at this point we don't know because nobody's saying anything the only reason we know about these two schools near edmonton is because this particular pastor has decided he's going to take a public stand and he made it known that he was going to tell the minister to take his policies and shove them. He didn't want anything to do with them. So that's prompted the minister to respond. So maybe in a way, whether you like the pastor or not, at least he's willing to, to put his face and his name out there and whatever risk that entails. Because clearly there are a lot of other pastors or imams or whoever who are too afraid to speak out or don't want a confrontation. Or maybe want to fly below the radar. or Maybe would rather just wait and see what they can get away with, as opposed to calling the minister's attention to what they are doing or not doing. So this pastor's bearing the brunt of it all. He's decided he's going to become the face of this opposition. And then bear whatever wrath uh, the education minister is going to come down with. So at least, I mean, he has put the minister on the spot. He's, he's called the minister's bluff here, and, and somebody was ultimately going to do that. So how serious is the minister? I think there's a lot of people who are expecting David Egan to back up what he says. And if the school's going to say to hell with these guidelines, maybe they wouldn't use those words, but what's he going to do in response? So, so that's the issue here. So regardless of what side of the debate you're on, I think the minister needs to make it pretty clear where he's prepared to draw a line. And what he's going to do when schools defy him openly, which is the case here. So we were told today was going to be the day we'd get an answer to that. It still seems pretty vague to me. I guess we'll find out more in, what, four to eight weeks, he says. All right. Well, that's pretty much going to do it for us on the program here today. Uh, Don't forget, you can find us on the web, Newstalk770.com. Join the conversation on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash Newstalk770calgary. Uh, Angela Cocott is standing by. Calgary today follows the three o'clock news. My name is Rob Breakenridge. Back with you tomorrow afternoon at twelve thirty. Talk to you then. Afternoons with Rob Breakenridge, starting at twelve thirty on News Talk seven
1: seventy Calgary.